eight years into my business, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. I went seven plus years without taking a day off. I was building a lifestyle business and I had no life. And one day I turned to my wife and I broke down. I started crying and I was like, you know, this is crazy. Like, what, what am I doing here? This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, you got to meet Manny Torres. He's one of you. He's been one of our founding members. We talked a lot about battling distractions and accomplishing your one thing. We've heard from you guys that, you know, you love when we reach out to experts in their field. You love when we talk about things about the book, but sometimes you also want us to talk with normal people just like you. If that's you, go back, make sure that you listen to episode 52 with Manny. That was a great, great episode. In this episode, we have a sweet treat. For any of you in the real estate or real estate investing space, you have likely heard of bigger pockets. When I was in medical device sales, my income's getting slashed. I'm realizing I need financial freedom. I want to build that passive income. I heard that real estate was a great way to do it. And very quickly, I got turned on this podcast called Bigger Pockets that was hosted by these two very witty and handsome men, Josh Dorkin and Brandon Turner. And I just fell in love with these guys. They were a big catalyst to me upgrading my mindset when I wanted to get into real estate investing. Well, you fast forward to today, I'm now in relationship with them. And you know, Jay also is in relationship with them. They are just world-class guys. And the reason that we are having a conversation with them today is because Gary Keller has always said, your business is your database. Now, whatever that means for you, whether it be an email list, whether it be a roster in your phone... Your business, the security of your business relies on you having a database, being able to touch people, communicate with people on a regular basis. And with the internet today, the idea of putting content out to establish yourself as an authority, to uh, build a platform, to build a membership, a community is extraordinarily important. In fact, very early on in my time working with Gary and Jay, I remember we had launched Time Blocking Mastery, things were going great. And Gary turned to me and said, you know, when are you going to launch a membership? When are you going to build community around this? And I, I hadn't earned the right to until this year after I launched this show, hired my assistant, and then all focus turned to creating our membership community. But part of this is I don't just do it based on what I think it should be or just on the interaction with our founding members. I also benchmark and trend. I look out and say, who are the people who have created world-class products? And in this space... Bigger Pockets is one of them. You know, they their podcast gets over a million downloads a month. They get a hundred, over one hundred fifty thousand downloads an episode. Which, by the way, the average podcast gets about two hundred downloads an episode. They get one hundred fifty thousand, and they have seven hundred fifty thousand members in their membership community. So, when it comes to benchmarking and trending, I reached out to Josh. I said, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. I think people can learn a lot from you about what it means to start that way, what it means to identify core values that you build in your business. And this guy also lives the book, folks. And so we have a great conversation around that. So with that, let's get in my conversation with the founder and CEO of Bigger Pockets, Josh Dorkin. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. 
With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Where did the idea for bigger pockets even come from to begin with? The idea. The idea. No, you're not talking the name. You're talking like the concept, right? I'm talking about you look up and say, I want to start a podcast. All right. So the podcast was way... I mean, podcast podcast came way, way, way after the, the, the beginnings of this community, right? So community was 12 and a half years ago. Podcast was four. Okay. Then let's go community first. Okay. Okay. So the idea was I had gone, bought a bunch of real estate because the numbers were good. I was excited about getting into real estate investing. And I tended to be a gung-ho person who would jump into things without doing all the homework. Like an entrepreneur? Yes. The numbers (laughs) make sense. Cool. Let's do it. So that's what I did. You know, I bought property 2,000 miles from where I lived in bad neighborhoods. Uh, that I suspected would turn at some point in the future, but didn't really do the research on it. And now I'm sitting on these properties with tenants I don't know how to take care of, with managers who are doing a terrible job. And, and I'm getting, you know, uh, the, this cash cow that I just purchased is, is started slowly dripping me dry because, you know, th- there's bad tenants and bad management and little by little problems continue to rise. And I don't know how to deal with it because, you know, I just jumped in. So what do you do? You go and you research, right? You go, you, you, you try to figure out and, and solve these problems. So I, I went to the bookstore and I found all these great books and they're fantastic about how to buy a property and managing and, well, and numbers and things like that. But they don't say, what do you do when X, Y, and Z happens at three in the afternoon? Or, or what do you do when your tenant is getting uh, you know, high on the front porch? You know, it's just like all these little details that you can't possibly put in a book. There's just too many questions. So of course, I went to the internet. And uh, there were a few small communities that existed for real estate investors at the time. Uh, My challenge with them was uh, they were kind of in cahoots. At least I felt they were in cahoots with the get-rich-quick guys, the guys selling all the courses and the boot camps and all the stuff for $997. And that $997 course is really just an upsell to the $10,000. And the $10,000 is the upsell to the $50,000 and the $100,000. And, and I, I just didn't like it. You know, That model was one that I, I had issue with. I've always kind of had issue with. And, and so I said, okay, well, I don't feel like I'm getting the straight answer here on anything because I feel like everything is leading into some kind of pitch. So what do I do? I start my own. So I, I, uh, yeah, I've been building websites since college and I had some experience never in building community, but I had experience just you know, on the web for, for a number of years. 
And so I just did it. I started, you know, I, I had already owned the domain for bigger pockets. I, you know, had to figure out how do I get people to help me solve my problems? Because that was really why I started it. I had a problem I needed help with and I needed a solution. Initially, bigger pockets was not built to help millions of people that it helps today. It was how do I stop bleeding? Very quickly, I realized that wait a second, other people are getting help here. This is really cool. I got to keep this going. So, I mean, within, by the time I had gotten the answers to my questions, I realized other people were starting to get their own answers and, you know, immediately said, okay, what can I do to turn this into something really special? Mm -hmm. And I think like many entrepreneurs, when you realize you're onto something, you immediately see all the things that you could do. And as we know, when you try to chase two rabbits at once, you end up catching none of them. How did you? What What was that one thing that you actually did? Like, how did you, you ever lead into the one thing? You don't even you don't even realize you're doing it. I, it's sub, it's just just happens now. It's a wow. habit. It took me on. It took me only sixty six days. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So, the one thing for me was when the lights turned on and I realized that I could build this thing to help other people. It it still was not. I'm going to build this business. It was oh okay. This community is awesome. Let me work on the community. So my one thing was, how do I get people to this community? How do I keep people at this community? And how do I make sure that they're connecting and interacting in a manner that I deem appropriate? Because most, you know, most communities out there, they're they're it's the wild west. You can do what you want, say what you want. There's a lack of respect. There's just a lot of places that I I don't want to spend my time. And so I don't, I don't want to run a community where people can be nasty and disrespectful. I want to run a place where people look at everybody and figure out what is, what is the value that those people bring. There's no stupid questions. Just because you're a novice and you've never done something doesn't mean you can't provide value to somebody else. And, and so how do I take that philosophy and turn it into this thriving entity? And, and so that's, that's what I worked on really for the next, say, eight years at its core. And that core then allowed us to expand and build other tools and, and you know, build the full social network and build the blogging platform and, and build the tools, um, launch the podcast, launch all the video stuff we're doing, launch the book business. So it was in those early in the early days, it was community, community, community. Well, and, and, you know, the reason we're having this conversation, like I mentioned in the intro, Gary has always said that you're business as your database. And very early on when I was launching Time Blocking Mastery, he said, this is great, awesome, but where's the membership? Where is the community? This year after we launched this podcast, this quickly became my one thing. And you know, we're right about to launch it. And like you said, just paying, really beginning with the end in mind and making sure that we are creating the right type of environment, the right culture um, is very top of mind for me. What did that look like for you? In those early days, it was, I mean, the business was me, right? It was me working in my boxer shorts in my basement. Um, so culture wasn't, uh, the company was non-existent. It was culture of the community. Now, our company's culture has actually grown from that. Mm. Be respectful to each other, have fun, but get it done. I mean, you know, all these core values that we have uh, really stem from the values that I use to 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 build out the community, 
it came from life, I think. I mean, it was really like, what do I like? What what do I think is okay? You know, this you're you're talking down to somebody. That's that's not cool. Like, don't okay, so let's have a rule on not being a jerk, you know? Yeah. Hey, you're you know, you're going and posting some content that somebody else created. When I create content, if somebody takes it and shares it without my permission, like there's sharing and then there's reposting, right? I don't like that, right? So, all right, you know, let's not allow that. Of course, down the line, that became illegal to do. But in the early days, like, you know, it was just wrong to do. So is that, it's, you know, from the kind of the moral compass that I hold, mm-hmm. these these rules, no, no selling, no pitching. You know, you go to a lot of internet communities and and my 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 famous example was always uh you'd go and ask a question like hey how does how does a arm mortgage work you know um i'm looking to buy a house i just heard about this how does it work and and in a lot of communities the answer is oh hey i'm fred i'm in your area i can get you an arm mortgage right away like that's that's not what he asked for a dude. I mean, like he asked for an answer to a question. So answer the damn question and stop the selling. Holding true to those values allowed us to build incredible credibility in the community. And over time, because you know it takes a very long time to your point on building the list, building the database, that list began to grow. The people kept showing up and, and we now had a group of people who truly cared about who we were, about what we were offering, which then allows us to, you know, if we want to sell them something, we could sell them, we built the trust. If we want to market, we can market. But, you know, that that takes time. And 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 I for for me, I'm extremely careful in and very, very protective of that list. You know, we 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 never we don't sell access to the list. We yeah, we'll sell advertising to people on the platform or to folks who want to be on our newsletter but we're not going to you know take XYZ Corp and let them send a letter promoting XYZ Corp to our mailing list um we would make a lot of money doing that a lot a lot of money but we forego revenue left and right in order to protect the list in order to fair, protect the trust of our users Oh, it's just, I'm, as I'm listening to you, the thing that is ringing in my head is something I heard earlier this year, and I wish I could remember who sent it to me so I could pay them proper attribution, but it's that your values aren't really your values unless they cost you something. And what I am hearing from you is you got very clear early on on what your values were as a human being. Like, it was black or white. Like, is that cool? Is that okay? Or no. And you were willing to forego revenue, you were willing to sacrifice the short-term profit, which is what most people are chasing, to really build long-term brand, long-term trust, and long-term value. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly exactly right. We uh we we just had our, our full team meeting uh two days ago. It was yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Time. Uh and you know we we talked about that. You know, this business isn't we're we're not here to build you know I'm not here to make ten million dollars this year and then disappear off the face of the earth. I'm here to build a a brand, a national and potentially one day international brand that is recognized as the leader in our industry. And in order to do that, you know, you gotta play it smart. You gotta play the long game and and you know, there are lots of stupid little mistakes 
can can cost you and and we're seeing that in drive sharing you know we're seeing it in lots of different industries you know and and so you you just have to you just have to be careful. Well, this is one of the things that Jay and I were talking behind closed doors about you, just in case you were wondering. Oh, um, nice. But one of the things we respect about you is is you think very big. You know, most people don't have access to a guy like Gary Keller, like we do, who who has forced us to think bigger. We've seen him think big, and he's modeled for us and asked us the tough questions. Yet you you seem to be a pretty big strategic thinker, and most people don't do that. Was there was this natural for you? If you had great mentors. How has this happened? So I would do a disservice to all the individuals who've offered me advice when I came calling to say that I have not had great mentors. But to be frank, I have not necessarily... I, I, there's no like, hey, this is my mentor. This is my mentor. It's, you know, a lot of this has been me hacking it together, uh, me playing my gut. I think the ability to think big came over time because in the beginning it was just like, hey, I want to get five users. Yay, five users. Hey, I want to make money. Oh, we got a check for 27 cents from Google AdSense. Awesome. <laughs> Celebrating those wins. All right. I got 27 cents. Now I want $2.27. Now I want $227. You know, and little by little, okay, we've accomplished this. What what else can we accomplish? Um, you know, a, a prime example is, is the book business. You know, we started our book business. I thought I'd sell 10 books. I mean, we, we really, I mean, I didn't think I'd sell 10 books. I thought I'd sell a bunch of books, but you know, I, I didn't necessarily think it would become this growing enterprise. And, and you know, we've sold hundreds of thousands of, of books at this point through the, the business. And as you know, that's not easy, right? Correct. And, and, and once we sold the first set of books, oh, you know what? We can do this again and create other books. So we did that. And oh, we can now create a system and do it again. Okay, cool. Now we've done that. Well, now that this is successful, what else can we do? Oh, well, you know, we've been self-publishing through CreateSpace, which is fantastic. But what if we became our own legit independent publisher? Okay. And then we did that. And now we're in stores. Now this is... Okay, well, now that I could see the world is my oyster. I'm starting to get these wins. And I, I say, well, what's there to stop us, right? And and so, you know, the same applies. I mean, podcast, you know, hey, let's get five people. Oh, we got five, 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000. You know, we get 150,000 plus listens per show. And And okay, well, if we can do this, why can't we have a radio show? You know, let's, how do we do that? Let's get the radio show. Well, you know, video, let's get five, 10, 15. Why not have a video show? You know, we're, we're launching, we're building a whole studio at, at Bigger Pockets to be able to do live stream video. We're, we're literally becoming our own television studio here. And it's, the, you know, why, why not? Once you prove that you can accomplish the first X steps in order to demonstrate that it's possible, like, at that point, why not? Why not go big? But I, I think where a lot of people get it wrong is they start with the "I want a billion dollar business," "I want to be a unicorn." There's definitely something to 10x thinking. There's definitely something to thinking big. But like, I think you have to think big with a base in reality. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is they immediately start gunning for the billion dollar business instead of first trying to prove the concept with the million dollar business. So I'm going to pull what I'm hearing out of this because for the people who are listening to this, if you did not realize the power of what he just said, it's tremendous. Gary, I remember very early on saying to me, think big, 
act small. If you've been with us since the beginning of the show, you have heard me say it time and time again. Like Josh said, the challenge is most people think big in terms of a vision. Hey, I want the billion dollar company. And then they try to act big. Challenge is you don't get a series of wins. You don't build momentum. You don't you don't figure out what's working, what's not working. So you stop, you fail, and you move on. And what he's saying is he thought big for or what he thought was big at the time. He started by taking action really small. Can I get five podcast downloads? Can I sell 10 books or whatever it is? And when you start to hit that, you end up normalizing that accomplishment and you end up expanding your vision further and further and further. And it never ends. My question for you who's listening to this, what's your vision? Are you thinking big and are you acting big? Or are you thinking big and are you acting small? How can you get started today and get a series of wins under your belt so that you can normalize that and then expand and raise the bar? Can I, can I add to that? The, the... No. Wow, I'm out of here. <laughs> yes, of course. The, the accomplishment, the, the, the great thing with doing that is you get to walk away with wins. Yes. Um, if you if your win is I am not winning until I have a billion dollar business, then you're never going to win, and you are going to burn out really fast. So, you know, wait, there was this book. I'm trying to think what it was called. Um, man, the, the one place, the one I two don't know things. What it was. Two things. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, so this, I mean, it's it's these little victories can propel you to the next bigger vision. I, I love the domino thing. The, I, don't, I don't know if I, I ever told you, but I saw, I think I shared it with Jay. I sh- saw on TV, there was a science show and they used the domino example with these massive real live dominoes. And it was so cool to actually watch, you know, these, this little domino knock down these massive walls. Yeah. And, and what Josh is referring to, if you haven't read the book, uh, they found out in the American Journal of Physics that a, a single two-inch domino doesn't just knock down another domino same size, but can knock down one fifty percent larger. So a two-inch domino goes to three, three to four and a half. If you cascade it out by... What's after four and a half, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, but by the 18th, you know, it could knock down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. By the 23rd, it knocks down the Eiffel Tower. By the 31st, it, it's taller than Mount Everest. I mean, like, it gets massive. And, and what he's referring to is they actually built massive dominoes and watched it happen. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Well, well, since you're throwing me softballs on the one thing, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, <laughs> you told, should read the book, by the way, I, you know, to everybody listening, there's a problem. I keep meaning to do it, but then I get distracted. Oh, this is them, them saying that. Um, well, no, that's me saying you keep it. getting, Oh, well, if you're saying, man, you're confusing me. What were we talking well, about? I'm sorry. I'm distracted. You have to stop. <laughs> you got to stop what you're doing, people. And you have to prioritize. And if you actually give a damn about what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go, you have to figure out what is the next most important thing that you're going to do that's going to help you get to that end goal, that end accomplishment. That is the one thing in my summary of it. But if that means you figuring out how the hell to think like that, then you should buy the one thing. And I'm not here. They are not paying me to be here. I will tell you that every new employee who comes to work at my company gets a welcome package. There's, you know, the rules of the road. Where's the bathroom? Here's a t-shirt, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And they get a copy of a book. And the book is the one thing. Every single new employee gets a copy of that book. We give it out. I recommend it to most people who ever ask me about success. 
I talk about it on almost every podcast that I'm invited to be a guest on. And no, I do not get paid to do it. I do it because I really believe in it. That is why I'm here today, hopefully chatting with you. But yeah, I don't know. I can just rant and rave about you guys all day. Folks, like Josh said, you know, the important thing is that you stop. You put things in order of priority and that you act in order of priority. It's this simple idea that is the reason that he shares the book with every new employee, which which we love. And thank you, Josh, by the way. Uh, the reason that we're taking a pause and sharing this with you is because we know that you've read the book, you listen to the podcast, yet do you live it every day? Do you have the regular habit of looking at all the things you could do and identifying the one thing you should do first as a habit without thinking, without discipline, without willpower? You just act in order of priority. If the answer is no, we would strongly suggest that you get on the wait list for our membership community. We've realized in working with our founding members, this has been a huge problem for them. And we have created a weekly accountability system that makes sure your priorities are clear, they are locked, they are loaded. And as a result, one of our founding members reached out to me and said, I've been accomplishing big goals that I thought would take me a year that she's accomplished in a matter of a month and a half because she simply acted in order of priority. So if you want to get on the wait list, text the word founder to the number 33444 or go to the onething.com slash membership. And that's with the number one in the URL. Get on the list because we will be opening the doors. They will be open for just a few short weeks that we can get everybody in the program. We'll close the doors. We'll focus on serving them fully and building the systems around them. Then later in the year, we will open the doors again. So please make sure you are on the list so we can let you know when we are opening those doors. So again, text the word founder to the number 33444 or go to the slash membership and get on the list. And with that, let's get back into the episode. Well, I'm curious because, you know, for practical application, every single person, their experience with the material is a unique one. It's unique to them. We have found that people really struggle with living their one thing. What does that look like for you? You read the book, you go, okay, um, really interesting. Maybe it changed the way you thought, but what did that start looking like when it actually changed the way you showed up in the world? So... The book didn't actually do that for me. That's the interesting thing. I, I, I actually had to discover that on my own. Um, eight years into my business, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. I went seven plus years without taking a day off. I was building a lifestyle business and I had no life. And one day I turned to my wife and I broke down. I started crying and I was like, you know, this is crazy. Like, what, what am I doing here? And I was stuck and I couldn't figure out why I was stuck. Um, I hired a consultant to help me figure out what was going gone, what, I, what, what was I dealing with here. And what I was dealing with was a really good thing, but it's also a bad thing. The good thing is I'm the type of guy who, as an entrepreneur, who gets his hands dirty. I get in there and I start working and working and working and working. And you know that's great. You get a lot done doing that. What I didn't do, and again, I think this is where most people get to a, a plateau or peak in their company is I couldn't step outside of that doing to look at the big picture. I was in the business. I wasn't working on the business. And, and so 
while I certainly had thought strategically, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What is this going to look like? Uh, how do I get there? What I started, what I always did was everything. I did everything. You know, I, I did 17, 20, 50, 30, whatever jobs. And I did them all. And I did them all every day with equal priority. You know, what came out of that meeting with the consultant, besides you need to hire somebody or you're going to die physically a death under the ground because your heart will stop, <laughs> is look at the business from a thousand feet up. Stop for a second. Think for a minute. You know, work is not just about doing. Work is about thinking. Work is about planning. And I never really thought about that. Nobody taught me that. And and so I, I think that really lines up very well with with the book, which is, you know, prioritize. Figure out where you're going and then work backwards. And what is the next thing, like I said before, that you need to do right now to get that next thing done? Even today at our company, I mean, we, we had a situation this week where you know, we're, we're working on all this stuff. And I, I talked to somebody and I'm like, yeah, why is this one thing not getting done? Well, you, you work back and you're like, there's a roadblock on it because this other thing is not getting done. And I'm like, so why don't we stop everything that we're doing? Finish that so everything else can get done. And the lights went off. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Momentum starts again, right? That, that's how the world works. That's how things go, at least as I see it. And, and, and so figuring out what is the most important thing that you can do at this very moment that is not... that You, you know, look at most people... They do, they work for five minutes, they go on Facebook. They work for six minutes, they go on Twitter. They work for five minutes, they go to their email. They go back to Facebook, back to their email, back to Facebook, back to their email. That's how they start their day. In fact, they start their day on their cell phone, yes. checking their email while they're at home. In bed. In bed. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that, that, that's crazy. You don't get anywhere with that. First of all, like, I don't work at home in bed. My phone doesn't go into my bedroom. My computer doesn't go into my bedroom. I don't ever work then. Mornings are for my family. Evenings are for my family, you know, until my kids are asleep. You know, as an entrepreneur, I think it's super important to, to work your schedule around your family because if you don't do that, you have no family after a year or two because they're gone. And you're going to regret having done everything you did because you didn't get the time to spend with, with those people. But, you know, working... Smarter, not harder, um, is is I think where this thing goes, right? Yeah. Well, Jay and I were talking about this earlier today, actually, because as we gear up for the membership community that we're launching, we've been trying to articulate the messaging really well. And, and Jay said something today, which was brilliant. Which you know, this is like every single time I talk to Jay, he has something good he says. And he said, "What we're really helping people do is being as efficient as possible with that eighty percent stuff that doesn't really matter." Like, how can you be more efficient in email with social media, with those urgent tasks that don't really move the ball as efficient as possible so you can do the minimum amount of it? And how do you be as effective as possible with your 20%? Because that's really what it's about. Spending your time on your 20% acknowledging there's other stuff that's got to get done. How do we be as efficient as possible there? Yeah, and I think that's where like, you know, as much as I don't love everything in the book, like a uh, four hour work week. I, I think, you know, ignore, I say, ignore the four part. And, you know, the idea of 
If you're a small business using assistance, virtual assistance, figuring out systematizing processes in order to hand stuff over, repetitive tasks, things like that, get that off your plate so that you can spend your time. Because at first you are going to do everything and you're going to have a million things to do no matter what. But you know, what is the most important thing that needs to get done on a regular basis? Brandon Turner, co-host of our podcast and I, we, we always talk about this. You know, what's the $1,000 task? What's the $100 task? What's the $10 task? What's the $5 task? What's the million dollar task? Josh, like stop doing dollar tasks, $10 tasks, $50, $100,000 tasks. Do you need to spend your time doing million dollar tasks? If that's what you're doing, that's, well, that's what you should be doing. Now that you have a company with all these people, like you need to focus your efforts on the big stuff and let other people handle the little stuff. Now, when you're getting started, you're still going to be stuck in most of that stuff. But there's ways like using virtual assistants, like you know, finding contract workers to take some of this stuff off your plate. So you can at least devote... like, Let's say you devote a couple hours a week or an hour a day to strategic thinking, to big thinking, uh, to stopping doing stuff and just thinking. Mm-hmm. That will help your business more than doing all the... tasks that you do every day. Yep. Amen, brother. Amen. I remember a mentor very early on when I had read 4-Hour Workweek uh, basically said, if you ever want to be a millionaire, you better start acting as if. And millionaires use leverage. And this idea of thinking big and acting small, it's not like you're going to flip the switch and tomorrow you are going to only do $100,000, million dollar tasks that you're going to delegate everything out. But how can you start if you haven't used leverage yet by proving your, to yourself that you can delegate one task. One. And if you currently are in the habit of delegating, how can you delegate just one more thing that you normally would not have? It's just think big, act small. Well, that delegation is really hard for a lot of people. I mean, especially entrepreneurs. Um, I meet a ton of them who are like, well, I can't trust anyone to do that. Well, how do the big guys do it? I mean, do you think, you know, you, Bill Gates, when he was r- running Microsoft, Steve Jobs, when he was running Apple, was was handling the money at Apple? Of course he wasn't. Like, I mean, there's other people handling it. Like, no matter what it is at your business, there's somebody there or somebody who could be there that's competent and trustworthy to handle it. Uh, I, I think the big fear is that first time you do it. It's really scary to, to, to pawn that stuff off. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's the fear of other people not doing it as well as you. But the truth is there's only 100% of you. You can only do 100% of a job. And even if they do it 80% as well as you, you still are focusing on executing 100%. Now there's 80% of something getting done, whereas before there was nothing. And if you went back to episode, trying to remember which episode it was with Linda McKissick, where we were talking about um, creating financial freedom, her perception was you actually don't even own a business until you can step away from it and your net worth grows. I love that. So I love that. Analyze your life. Like if you stepped away right now, would you become wealthier? If not, gain a business owner. I love your the 80% thing as well, because you know, I always say I was doing 72 jobs. When before I hired my first guy, before I hired Brandon, and you know, I think about it. If I'm doing seventy two, let's let's simplify it. If I'm doing ten jobs, <laughs> each of those jobs, I'm giving ten percent to each of those jobs. If I could find somebody 
to your point, maybe they're not as good as me if I only do that one job. If I do that one job, I'm going to do 100% of it. Nobody's better than me, right? But you, no matter what, as you get started, you're only able to do 10% because your time is always going to be split. So that 80% is a massive win. It's a massive win. And that's also, by the way, another place where I think entrepreneurs fail. Look, I used to freak out when I was hiring people because I'm like, they're never going to be as good as me. They're never going to be as good as me. And inevitably, they were always better than me. But, but somebody gave me really good advice, which was when you're hiring... What we all do is we say, oh, well, this person has to be perfect. If they're not a A plus 100%, then I'm going to be disappointed. Guess what? You're going to be disappointed with every single hire. You will never be satisfied. But what if you came in and said, you know what? I want somebody who's going to hopefully can do 100%, who has the potential to do 100%. But I'm going to accept that if they do 85%, in everything that they do or 90, I'm going to be really happy. Once you do that, once your mind changes to that line of thinking, well, if they're doing less than the 85, obviously you're going to be disappointed, but 85 or above and you're going to be ecstatic. And guess what? That 85 is better than you ever would have done because you had too many other damn things to do. So uh, that mindset trick, and again, I I wish I could give credit to who, who gave it to me. That was so helpful to me. Well, we, um, I was going through our hiring process recently and they said something that was just like, wow. Um, when we hire, we don't hire somebody to do 100% of the job. We hire somebody based on their ability to master the 20% of their job. And we make it very clear in the onboarding and the accountability that this is your 20%. Let's be very clear of you knock out 100% of your 80%. And you let the 20% fall, we will be parting ways. But if Ooh. you master your 20% and you, you know, we still got to get the 80% done, but it doesn't get done that well. If you're mastering your 20%, we should ultimately be able to bring on more leverage to handle that 80%. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Please do. It's not no, stealing because it's gifted. Oh, you're really, it's not true what they say about you, man. You're really a nice guy. Like, you know, eh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Josh. Um, I'm curious now that you know you're an advocate for the book, you're an advocate for the content. I mean, you give the book to every single person who comes on and works for you guys. What do you think the biggest challenge is to getting started as a small business owner? No, just in in terms of he's like you have to bring priority. You have to start doing what matters most. What is standing at least from your employee's standpoint? What are you seeing being that thing that stops them? I don't know that it's one. Thing. Stop it. But if you could only choose one, Josh. Yeah. I think shiny object syndrome gets in the way. I, I don't think that's the one thing. It could be how good your hair is. It is a distraction for me. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Not as good as your teeth, my friend. Really quite I, nice. I, Lovely I, teeth. I'll thank my parents for you. <laughs> I as well. Um, I, you know, I, w- I would say it has to be stopping and taking the time to actually think things over. I mean, that's Literally, what it comes down to is in order to prioritize, you have to take a moment, take a breath, and think about all the things that are on your list and decide which one is most and which one is least important. And and so that requires bandwidth. That requires effort. And broad generalization, but I, I'm assuming that most people that are not 
doing that. And I know I was victim to it. They're just not thinking. They're not stopping and taking that time to really say, well, what matters? What matters? How do I break it down? We, we've got a guy here. I, I know you know him, Scott Trench, who who works works for me. And and I'm 41. He's 25, 26 now. Like you, you asked about mentors. Like I, I see him as one of my mentors today. Like th- this kid blows my mind. He he's he's unbelievable in how he do does things, how he thinks, um, his mindset, what. He does that I I truly admire and personally I can't do is every morning he gets into work and he has this sheet that he put together and it's you know what it's things like what am I grateful for what am I working for uh, I'm gonna I'm butchering it and then what are the what are the key accomplishments I need to uh, to get done today in order it's literally he and he created this before you guys but like what's my what are my three things, my four things that I have to do that are going to make everything else that I'm supposed to do come together? Yeah, well, that's brilliant. I, I love what you said. It's 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 a simple word. Pause. Are you pausing? Giving yourself any time at all during the week to pause and think and ask the questions. Um, this has been one of the biggest ahas for us with our founding members as we've created this is just creating the space for them on a weekly basis to stop, to ask, what is my purpose? You know, what is the thing that I'm here? Am I taking the right actions? What are my priorities? Is it on my calendar? What could distract me? It's not, it's not hard. In fact, it's surprisingly simple, yet seldomly done. True. Well, Mr. Dorkin, where can people, in fact, Okay, bigger pockets. Who should be listening to the podcast? How will I know if this is the podcast for me outside of the fact if I love witty banter and good looking hosts? Oh, man. Uh, so, Bigger Pockets podcast, I would say, is for anybody who wants to find their path towards financial wellness. Although the subject matter is real estate investing. Um, at its core, we're about fi- helping people find that financial wellness, financial freedom. So, and and obviously that means different things to different people. Some people it means I want to be a billionaire. Well, good for them. You know, good luck. Uh, some people it means I want to have, you know, income above and beyond my my full time job, which I love. And and um, how can I get there? Some people it's I hate my job. I hate my life. Real estate seems like a cool way to go. Let me go. We're, we're for people who've never been in real estate ever before. Uh, we, we, we have listeners who have, are institutional investors, people who've done hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate. Uh, our, our show is we, it's all about talking to people at all stages of real estate and getting their story, figuring out their why, figuring out their how. And and using that to inspire other people to get started, scale their business, and then our platform, the the site, the the blog, everything else that we offer, you know, is there as support to that as well. So, you know, we're we're here to just help people build wealth through primarily real estate investing. But if that's not for you, there there's a lot lot of value you can still get from bigger pockets. And and um, I think you were going to ask how they can get in touch. They can follow me on Twitter at at JR Dorkin, Instagram, it's the same thing, or Joshua Dorkin. Facebook, I only connect with people I know. LinkedIn, the same. But join Bigger Pockets, check it out, and join the upcoming um, 
community these guys are creating because um, if it's anything like the book and what they're doing, it's going to be fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, man. And for everybody, we're going to have all the links to the website, the community, his social media below here. Um, Josh, man, I, I appreciate the time and look forward to connecting again. It's been fun, Jeff. Thanks. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Josh Dorkin from Bigger Pockets. As always, folks, I really want to tie this together with a really pretty bow for you guys because I want to make it very clear what the takeaways are so that you can take action. First and foremost, if you are not building a database, if you are not building community around you so that you can touch and engage with your customers, your business is is vulnerable. Ultimately, it's that trust. It's it's the ability to engage with people that will make your business recession-proof, bulletproof. If you haven't started yet, what's the one thing you can do to get started? And if you go back to the beginning of the episode and you listen to him, it wasn't like he set out to make a bunch of money. He set out to add value. He set out to solve a real problem. When I was in medical sales and I launched my first podcast, The Mentee, I didn't set out to just launch a business. I set out to solve a real problem. I needed to upgrade my five and I didn't know how to. I realized if I could launch a podcast, I could help a lot of people along the way. And it it was that idea of coming from value first that allowed me to scale a six-figure business in under a year. You fast forward, I come to work with Gary and Jay and the very thing that made me successful with The Mentee, coming from value first, I threw out the window. And I tried to sell. And sure, we sold a lot. I recognized though that I was chasing short-term dollars instead of building long-term trust with you. It's the biggest reason why we launched this podcast. We needed to change that. We needed to prove to you that we are the type of people that are not just thought leaders, we are practice leaders. We practice what we preach, we fail, we wrestle with it, and we genuinely care about you. You now know that. And of course, since the moment we came from value first and we stopped trying to sell all the time, things started to work out better. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. When you look at your business, are you chasing short-term dollars? Or are you willing to sacrifice rewards today for riches over a lifetime? Your values are not your values unless they cost you something. Are you living that? We have been striving and living that more and more every day. And uh, this has become such a more rich and rewarding experience as a result. I bring that front and center for you so that hopefully you can live that too. And as we shift and we start talking about how his team, how he has lived the book, how he has recommended it to his employees, I love what he says. (laughs) It's a matter of stopping and thinking. It is, it's so easy to just run through the week responding to what seems urgent. Checking email because you feel like you need to get back to people. Saying yes to your boss when they ask if you got a second. Saying yes to your colleague if they say, hey, you got a minute. Saying yes when a customer needs you because you want to support people. You're a good person. It's in your heart. You want to serve the people around you. But how long will you continue down this path being in a reactive state before you wake up and realize you have sacrificed everything? At what point will you look up and ask the question, what do I want? 
why am I here? And how can I show up as the highest version of myself so that I can not only thrive personally, but I can surround myself and thrive with the people and raise them up around me. On the airplane, who do they say to put the oxygen mask on first? You. When you look at your actions on a day-to-day basis, are you putting the oxygen mask on yourself first? Giving yourself the time to think and identify the things you absolutely must do for yourself and do those first so that then you can take that deep breath in and show up fully for your customers, for your boss, for your spouse, for your children, for your colleagues. We know for many of you, you've read the book, you listen to this show. It helps expand your mind. But do you have that person there on a weekly basis helping provide the space for you to pause, to ask the right questions, to put things in order of priority and have a game plan for the week? If the answer is no, we are creating that for you because it's something that we have struggled with. It's something we now realize many of you have struggled with. And just like that's how Bigger Pockets came from Josh, a real problem. That is what this membership community is coming from. A real problem. If you need help living your one thing, you need to text the word founder to the number 33444 or go to the one slash membership and put your name down. We will be opening the doors to this soon. And when we do, we will get you in the program. We will onboard you. We will serve you fully and build the systems around you. It's why we only have the doors open for two weeks. So get on the list because we genuinely are on a mission to leave a legacy here and we want to help you. You've got to raise your hand though. So with that, thank you so much for staying with us through this episode. Thank you so much for being a fan of the show. Thank you so much for recommending it to your friends. It means the world to us. If you're not subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button so all future episodes can be downloaded to you. If you've not left us a review yet, please do so. We read every single one and very rarely does a day go by where Jay and I are looking at each other and going, wow, this thing's taken on a life of its own and we know it's really helping. And it's because we read your reviews. It's because we read your emails where you share how it's helping you. And that just adds fuel to our fire, baby. (laughs) It just gets us more excited to serve you every single week. So thank you. We do this for you. And we will see you in the next episode.